want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. I am back again with Josh. What's going on? And uh, we have a couple of great questions to tackle this week. Uh, so as always, um, this podcast is written to our people, and we assume that they have listened to the prior sermon. Mm-hmm. And so we just preached a sermon. It's It'll be up there right before this in the podcast lineup yep. on desires, handling our desires. And, um, and this podcast is kind of for our people, but if you do find it meaningful, um, man, please share this with other yeah. people. And, uh, and yeah, we just want to do our best to help make Jesus famous and known That's in, right. in the world around us. Okay. So questions for today. So context, um, last Sunday we taught on how do we handle our desires mm-hmm. and, um, and the two questions that kind of emerged out of that are first one, uh, and I'll, I'll read both of them and then we'll go through them. Uh, the first one is you implied desires are good. Um, and I did in the message mm-hmm. I did. I implied, you know, our root desires is the way I said it, mm-hmm. um, that the root desires that God gives us, they are all good. And and this is good. This is actually kind of me looking at Next Steps cards and summing it down right, to a, right. a question. And the idea is, aren't there bad desires? Mm. Right. Like so. I'm like, clearly somebody that like wants to go to a strip club or, you know, use heroin or whatever, like that's a bad desire. So, um, don't we have in us both good and bad desires? And so that's the first question. We'll talk about desires. Mm. Are desires really good and bad? Um, or is it true that our root desires are all good? Mm. Um, and then the second question is what did you mean by heaven? And we talked about this in the sermon heaven as a place where there is no starvation? Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yeah, I made that statement. Heaven is a place where there is no starvation. And so just wanting to unpack that statement a little bit. Okay, so here we go. We'll get into these. Let's do it. First one, you imply desires are good. Aren't there bad desires? Mm. Um, And so let's let's think this through in looking at the Next Steps cards. they are, th- th- it is true and false. Right. Yeah. It is true and <laughs> false. There's, there's almost like a funny, I would use the word paradox, but it's not exactly a paradox, um, where it is true that we have desires that are sinful, mm-hmm. right? It's, I mean, sin as a temptation, right? it right. has to tempt something yeah. in us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you think about like the person who is addicted to pornography yeah. or addicted to heroin or, uh, the person who just long gambling or, right. I mean, there's gotta be desires that are bad. Yes. Yeah. There's gotta be desires that are bad. Uh, and then there are also, they would say desires that are, that are good. Okay. Yeah. So first thoughts, what comes to your mind with some of this? Man, this is not an answer at all, but maybe a further question is it, it feels like kind of the conversation almost, um, that people have often with, um, anthropology or like, like who are people? So you get some views of people that really highlight the good, like, well, people are good, you know, and ultimately like we all kind of want what is good. And then you get some other views of people where it's like, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. Like people are bad. And I've actually heard um, parents say both things like, you know, you just can see the innocence of a child and, and the good of a child. And then I've heard parents say, if you have a two year old, you know, you know what a sin nature is. Cause that, you know, the kids <laughs> yeah. will disobey. I don't know. I don't have yeah, kids yet, yeah. but so, yeah, I guess it, it begs that question for me is like, we're kind of talking about, are we innately good or are we innately bad? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, there, it, it is, 
it is it is true. I do have kids. I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> you've experienced this. I do have five. My oldest is a freshman in college, and my youngest is two. Right. And uh, and so, boy, it is it is true that you do look at the two year old or even the older ones when they were two, and you just see what appears to be massive selfishness <laughs> just pouring out of them in every yeah. in every way. Uh, I, I think I think the. The truth is, and I, I like the way Lewis pins it, uh, we live in enemy territory. Right. Right. Like, so right. as Christians, we are, and the scripture would say, we are aliens. Right. You know, so we are aliens. We are not, in a sense, of this world anymore. Right. There is something in us, a hunger. Pascal calls it the God shaped right. vacuum. Right. There's a desire in us for something that this world no longer has the ability to feed. Mm. And, um, and so. It, 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 the the way maybe maybe a good metaphor to start with is I think of uh, like food, mm-hmm. you know. So like when God made Adam and Eve and He put them in the garden and they got hungry and they plucked you know a pear or something yeah. <laughs> and ate it. It's not sin for Adam to go, man, I want to eat. Right. And it's not right. sin for him to eat that food to digest right. it and right. then be hungry again for more food. Yeah. And uh, John Piper, he says, he says, drink orange juice to the glory of God. Is right, his quote. right. But the idea behind that is every time you, even in the garden, when Adam was like, man, I'm hungry. And he takes a piece of fruit, takes yes. a bite out of it. Every time Adam goes, mm, that's good. Yes. God takes massive joy in us being satisfied. Right. Right. And then when sin hits the earth, you have the introduction of this like kind of pain, childbearing. Right. And you have the introduction of this like toil in our work. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our sin is us trying to satisfy our appetites with things that were not made to satisfy them. Mm. And it leaves us and leaves our world starving in a sense. Right. And so going back to hunger, like if I'm hungry and I, through repetition, through lack of access to food, I end up thinking that I need to starve my hunger with Twinkies. Right, right. Right. Um, being hungry is not the sin, yeah. but feeding myself with Twinkies is incredibly unhealthy. Right. And uh, and so that same kind of thing is playing out in much more complicated ways yes. all yeah. around us. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to say it. So, like, I guess the maybe th- theological way of talking about it is like humans are created in the image of God. Yeah. But there is this kind of marring of the image of God. I think yeah. uh, some people will use that word, like the image of God is marred in us. Yeah. Um, where we would desire to fulfill our appetites in ways that are not natural to us. You That's could right. say they're not natural to how God made us to be. Yeah. Um, so this Christian journey, we are being restored into our That's right. you know, fullness of the image of God to desire what is natural to how God created us, yeah. which is him. That's totally right. And us, uh, God, the Trinity, is not in want, right? Right, right. Uh, And we are of the family of God, but God did make us to want him. Yes, yes. So that makes sense how you originally said it, which is like root desires. I guess the word root is really important there yeah. because there are things that we desire that are evil and right. sinful, but that's kind of us maybe misfiling yep. what our true or root desire actually is, right? Yeah. And you could follow that back in many different ways. Like when I sit in my office 
with the person who is uh, like battling with uh, substance abuse. Yeah. You know, um, and it's the alcoholic. Right. And you follow the chain. And in conversation, I mean, it, it's almost like you're a detective. You know, right. you're, you're pulling on the thread a little bit. And you're like, where does this lead? And as you follow it back, they say, I literally, I had a guy one time in my office say, I literally just want to smoke weed. That's, right. uh, yeah. that's, that's what yeah. I want. Yeah. I want to smoke weed. And you just start tugging on that thread a little yeah. bit. And so, and what happens is, is you follow the thread and you start following it. And it's, you, it's not that you just want weed. It's that right. you found weed to be a means in which you alleviate mm. at least a little bit another appetite in you. Right. Um, you know, a desire to feel better. There's probably some mental health things that are happening right. there. And I mean, the effects of sin on his body, um, you know, he's got brokenness in flesh and he's right. self-medicating right. in some ways. Yeah. And, and so you follow those back and the desire to have mental stability and clarity of mind and no pain, that's not sin. Right. But the means of trying to satisfy that in broken ways with b- broken yeah. cisterns, as right. the scripture would say, yeah. Um, you know, in the means of doing that, we're, we're, we're yeah. drinking from cisterns that can't, yeah. uh, that leave us dry and hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we begin to want things that are incredibly unhealthy. Yeah. But the root desire is not wrong. Yes. And I know um, we're not talking about this in any kind of way that's trying to like justify evil desires. 100%. But right. to say like follow them deeper, like yeah. keep following the longing until you get essentially back to God yeah because it's like the real longing we were made to desire God and and think about how like the power of fasting you know so uh when when you have so satisfied your desires in sinful ways for so long right and in a sense you've stayed in a starving state yeah right for so long yeah and you have these little remedy moments that don't actually satisfy rightly they cause pain to you cause pain to others cause brokenness in the world um there are times where it is literally a gift of god to cut off the false feeding yes yeah which makes you feel even hungrier right but it's of God to give you a chance to think clear yes. about what you're going to satisfy right. it with. Right. I've said this before, but one of um, my favorite questions with my accountability group and some friends are is um, the question, like, what's God's invitation to you in this? Yeah. And I think that's such a great question because it's like if there's a difficult situation, it's framing it in a way where it's like, well, is God ordaining a fast for me in this Yeah, from something? That's right. From like my desire for, you know, control or things to be f- f- played out in a way that I want or, you know, to know how things should go or whatever. I, I heard Tim Keller say that there is some level of pride in our anxieties because we're saying we understand how things should go. Yeah. And so maybe God ordains moments for us to fast even from levels of control and and yeah. is inviting us into a deeper trust. Right. You you and th- thinking of it this way, like following back to the deeper desires and uh, and how we can become so twisted in this, you mm-hmm. know, um, our view of the world. It does in a sense, it does not justify sin in my mind, but it does increase my compassion. That's good. Yeah. That's a good distinction. So like I, you can, like even at our, our downtown location and Kathy oversees that pastor Kathy, um, and she'll share, share stories with me. And, um, and when I listen to these stories, I, 
I don't think, oh, it's okay for them to use drugs. Right, right. Like, clearly that's damaging right. others around them. Yes, it's damaging them. them. It's yep. causing systems yes. uh, to exist in society that are right. unbelievably harmful. Right. But on the same hand, I look at them, and I, I do see them as, in a sense, victim of the schemes of the enemy. Yeah, that's right. That uh, What's the passage? Like, we don't wrestle against flesh, flesh and, and blood. blood. Principalities and Yeah, powers. so yeah. it helps us to not wrestle against the person right but recognize they're trapped right you know they're trapped in and we all are trapped in different ways that god is helping us get out of different ways of thinking and different levels of that um but we don't make enemies enemies of other people that we we, recognize that's right i and i do think us as christians we are not here to smite sinful people right we're here to rescue them yeah yeah we're yeah. to rescue them from the principalities and powers that have so entrapped them. Yeah. And I know that that gets complicated. There are times when you have a, a, a murderer or yeah. a dangerous person, they need to be put in jail yeah. for their own safety That's and the right. safety of others. Yeah. But the end game for that person yes. is their rescue. Yeah. Yep. Rescue or redemption of can redemption. come through yeah. boundaries, can come through containment of certain activities. Like it can come through yeah. um, discipline, yeah. you know, redemption can come through all those and mercy that's right and it comes in a lot of different ways but the goal is yeah redemption and healing for people not yeah that we would just destroy them and yeah. you kind of see that narrative with jesus and is it james and john the oh, sons yeah, of thunder yeah, yeah, sons where of thunder, they're like yeah. you know should we call down <laughs> call fire <laughs> yeah should we kill them and jesus is like oh man yeah. like no 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 that's not the right idea paraphrase <laughs> and and we do shake the dust off our feet when we've been right um and so yeah. it's Gosh, man, when you think about this, and I do think too, God meets us where we are. Right. Um, and so there are, e- each of us, we have our level of, I'm going to use the word addiction, um, and I'm using it in a way that you could almost supplant it with the, the true theological idea of idolatry. Right, right. Um, where something we, we turn to. Something we turn to. Right. Yeah, and so each of us have these little things that we turn to, um, and some of the things we turn to might be so culturally accepted that yeah. we don't even know it's a bad. Yeah, right. Um, and God has this beautiful way of meeting us where we are, and I think, uh, thus saith the mic, not the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so take it with a grain of salt. But I do think one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit mm. is the gentle tugging of the thread. Yes. Right? Yes. Or just in little ways, and it may be years for people, mm where he just tugs a little bit more on this. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I just want you to see how your satisfying of this appetite right. is is amiss and yeah. how it's hurting you and hurting people around you. Yes. Maybe in a small way or what you perceive to be a small way. Right. Um, and he just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling on that till he, the Holy Spirit so kindly, and, and I think he can do it gently. There are times he does it in bold ways too. Right. For gives sure. gives us what we need. And gives us what we need. They're absolutely true. Uh, but I think for a lot of us, a lot of the time, um, it's it's this it's this Holy Spirit slow growth mm. where we have these kind of aha moments um, where we're going oh man I have I've been trying to satisfy this mm. deeper hunger and I I finally see it mm-hmm. um, and w- like one for me in particular I had a huge aha moment I- in the last couple of weeks where I realized I've given so much of my energy uh, to try to impact the world. So like my reading and my research, mm-hmm. I've been given so much of my energy to try to impact the world. And I just felt the spirit whisper in my heart, a lot of this research and reading and getting into the guts, this even studying for a sermon, I study for a sermon to impact others. Mm-hmm. And I just felt the spirit whisper in me, I am drawing you into these mm-hmm. to impact you. 
That's good, yeah. Um, and so much so that I think there are times when I read and study the Word, and I think it's incredibly powerful, mm-hmm. but I do kind of feel in my bones, God didn't give me this for the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, not yet. Right. But He gave this for my own heart. Yeah. Yeah. This goes in my journal yeah. that I can reflect on what it means to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, man, I, I think our spiritual growth, like, is it true that we have bad desires? A hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. true in a sense. You do want things that are damaging you and damaging mm-hmm. the world around you. And right. most offensively, you're damaging your relationship with God. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's also true that if you love the Lord, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Yeah. Lean not on your understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. Mm. Um, and he will make your path straight. He'll literally give, he, God will give your heart right desires. Yeah. So as you pull on that thread mm. through accountability, and I mean this, like you have these conversations with other believers, not yeah. just in a vacuum by yourself. Yeah. Go to Christian counseling. Um, be involved in a church. Be involved in a church. Yeah. Don't just listen to podcasts. Yeah. As I'm saying this on yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Don't just watch sermons online. Be involved in Christian community yeah. where you can have deep conversations and slowly keep pulling on that thread yeah. and purify that desire, um, yeah. which may include some fasting. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it makes me think of, um, I think that the journey of uh, Christians is more and more repentance. That's right. You know, it really is. It's more and more repentance. It's. I think you don't really repent less as you get to know God more. Yeah. You discover more ways where you're like, God, I want to be like you. And I I want to continue to adjust things that offend you or offend others or like attitudes in my heart where they need to be turned more towards you. So like that, yeah, repentance, which in some circles is kind of a dirty word, you know, is a great thing in a a way when the Holy Spirit does tug the thread where we say, God, like David, uh, Psalm 51, we say like, Renew in me Renew a steadfast me. spirit. Create, create me a clean, clean heart. heart. Yeah. yeah and, and cause me again to love what is right. Yeah, man. You know, and I, I think um, the uh, we've talked about this in the past on the podcast, but like confession. Mm-hmm. And um, the simplest way, maybe this is oversimplified, but the simplest way to talk about confession is it is speaking truth. That's right. Yeah. Tell the truth. It is speaking truth. And so as wild as it sounds... Um, the more you lean into the heart of God and listen to the Spirit's work in your life, mm-hmm. you actually move more into a place where you are just almost in a wild way in a state of confession. Yeah, yeah. Um, you Tell are, the truth more and more. Yep. And the Holy Spirit will whisper truth into your heart mm-hmm. about God, and he'll whisper a truth into your heart about you. Yes, yep. And those two reconciling really... It makes me think of Isaiah 6. Lots of scripture coming to yeah, mind today. That's right. But Isaiah 6 is when he sees the Lord, he says, like, you know, I saw him high and lifted up, and the angels sang holy, and then I think, woe is me. So seeing that dissonance, dissonance yeah, that difference, the contrast between God and me, you want to reconcile. And that reconciling is the confession. It's yeah. saying, like, God, I, I want to be more like this. That's right. And you are holy. This is what's true. This is who I truly am. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and and I, I think I would, the other thing I just like sprinkle in there with this, uh, and I am still processing it. So I don't, Yeah. Uh, man, I get, when I may circle around in four or five years and be <laughs> like, I'm not sure I liked that metaphor. Yeah. Um, but in having five children, you know, and I've, I've raised one all the way to nine mm-hmm. in college, and I've got another one that's two. There is an ever-growing awareness that has, so like I cannot get mad at my two-year-old for not understanding how to read. Right. 
I can't get mad at my two year old for not understanding, uh, you know, math. Right. Um, and I do, as my kids get older, I hold them to greater levels of accountability. Mm -hmm. Right. And they see more, they, more they have to learn. Right. And now all the way that all the way to the point where I was talking with my, my 19 who also feels called to the ministry. Right. And so, uh, and he's talking about his theology classes and, yeah. uh, Dr. Horst, I think is with the philosophy professor. <laughs> yeah. Noah loves him. So if you ever listen to this, well, thank you for Dr. being a great Horst. professor. Um, and Jonathan Morgan, shout yeah, out to Jonathan Morgan uh, has had a great influence on my son and other professors too. Uh, but with him, man, he is having this steady state of awareness of how much more he has to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like God just gets bigger. Mm-hmm. He doesn't figure more of God out. Right. He figures out that there's more of God to learn. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you you follow that train all the way back from, man, deep theological mm-hmm. ideas and understanding of the world yeah. and complexity all the way back to the two-year-old mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to read at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think with us, man, um, God is so gracious. Mm-hmm in our appetites that are, we wrongly had to have them fulfilled. He's so gracious to us and he has this slow, steady way of increasing our awareness as we grow older. And so I I guess my thought is, you know, as you pull on that thread in your own Mm -hmm. life, as the Holy spirit pulls on that thread in your own life, give grace even to yourself for sure. Not permission to sin. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying uh, give grace to yourself. You know, when the two-year-old looks mm. at the kids running in the backyard and can't keep up with them, um, it's good that God makes her aware that she right. needs to learn a new skill. Yeah. It's good that Noah all of a sudden understands he has to learn a new skill. But in that dissonance, don't let the enemy whisper, oh, you're you're lesser or, right. or you need to cheat. Or yeah. um, So in the awareness of the gap... Um, don't shame yourself. Yeah. You know, just keep yeah. leaning into the spirit. Let the natural maturation yeah. process take place. And remember the cross of Christ covers the gap. Yeah. My parents used to say when I was young, the cheesy metaphor of like, if you get a flat tire, you know, fix it and keep going. Yeah. And I think the the biblical way of saying it is, is first John, like that whole chapter one is kind of about confession. Yeah. And he says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship yeah. with one another yeah. and the blood of Christ cleanses us. And so like the metaphor light all throughout scripture is like knowledge, understanding, enlightenment, Yeah, which to me says what we have to do is just what we know to do. It's yeah. just the step in front of us, yeah, you know, is we right. just have to take that. And yeah, we don't feel shame for not knowing yeah. like, or taking a misstep and then going, oh, you know, God, I, I need to take this step instead. That's right. But it's like our goal is to just walk in the knowledge and understanding and right. truth and light that he's given us. Yep. The, uh, you know, it just, it goes all the way back to the beginning of Proverbs where Solomon, I mean, fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, Proverbs 1. What mm-hmm. is kind of the crux of it all? It is literally the deep respect and honor right. of God. We must, as the Holy Spirit tugs on our appetites, as we begin to pull through the sinfulness of it, to the God ordained, or as Pascal calls it, the vacuum right. that God put in us, the yep. desires, yep. You know, desire for him ultimately is the God-shaped vacuum. As the Spirit pulls us through the sinfulness into mm. the root desires, um, as you do that, man, I just think you must, it's it's about the heart, posture mm-hmm. of the heart. Yeah. Humble, respect, and honor of God 
if you maintain that posture, a teachable, mm-hmm. humble, respectful heart of God, yeah. you will keep growing forward. Yeah. It just will happen. Yeah. yeah. And the sinful appetites will begin to be starved either through time yeah. or through, you know, more of a harder, yeah. you know, but yeah. God will work. God to ordained moments of kind of, uh, um, almost God encounter in that or discipline. Like God, yeah. God works through that, redeems through that. Yeah, that's good, man. This is a part that I like as an optimist Enneagram seven. But, uh, I was talking to a friend the other day who came out of a background of Catholicism okay. and, and just had some difficulty of like, um, the, what he felt was kind of punitive and, and seeing God as like waiting for you to mess up. Yeah. So like, the the conversation we had was really good and it feels similar to this in that God we don't do these things um to try to earn anything yeah. we don't do these things to try to like yeah. you know make God love us more any of that but God is making us into people who are full of joy and people who can enjoy him and love him forever as the catechism says yep that's right people who are um loving a person of love is how they used to say it and you know the early uh, christianity so it's like this is our total joy and benefit that we would walk deeper into this that's so good and it leads right into the the next question which is what do you mean by heaven as a place with no starvation right what do I mean? So in the yeah. sermon, I'd mentioned heaven as a place of no starvation. And and, and what I mean by that is uh, every appetite, root appetite, right. you know, that we have in us all the way down to Pascal's God-shaped vacuum, mm-hmm. the desire for God himself. Mm-hmm. Um, heaven is a place where all of our appetites, it's the, the, the false things that we've been feeding them. They are, right. they are taken away. Right. Um, they are no longer causing harm to others. We are no longer mm-hmm. causing harm to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We now know what can satisfy and what can't. Right. And heaven is a place where that starvation, whether it's relational, mm-hmm. whether it's for security, whether it's for even food itself, mm-hmm. right? Because we are bodies in heaven. Right, right. We are flesh and bone. Yeah. Um, we are not spirits that happen to be trapped by a body. Right. Um, we are resurrected with a body. Right. And so even in simple things like eating, mm-hmm. love, companionship, friendship, all these things Heaven is a place where they are rightly satisfied. Yeah. Think of like a puzzle piece. Like when you find that puzzle piece that fits it perfectly. Yeah. Right now, things don't fit quite right. Right. And heaven is the place where that puzzle piece will slide in there just right. Right. You will still have appetites. Yeah. But you will have them rightly satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. And so heaven is a place where there's no starvation. Mm. Um, And so in a wild way, Right now, if uh, the Lord has kind of taken you through a process of fasting in mm-hmm. all of its complex forms, relational fasting, right. um, fasting, food, whatever, right? You've been feeding wrong, right appetites in yeah. a wrong way yeah. to the point where you want wrongly. Right. Um, you just, man, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Again, lean not on your understanding. Yeah. Um, and all your ways submit to him that, mm-hmm. that, and what will he do? He will make your path yeah. straight. Literally. Yeah. I like the idea of Shalom. Yeah. Right. It's not just peace. Right. Um, it's not even just a lack of conflict. Mm-hmm. It's being whole. Yeah. Wholeness. Yeah. Uh, total wholeness. And so yeah. I do mean, what do I mean by heaven is a place of no starvation? Yeah. I mean, heaven is a place where your root appetites are made pure, that mm-hmm. the wrong ways to satisfy yeah. are ripped away. Yeah. And God rightly satisfies what you were rightly designed to want in a right way. Yeah. And every moment of satisfaction, every bite of that mm-hmm. heavenly pear 
mm-hmm. right, or banana or whatever yeah. it is, and you go, mm, that's good. Every the billion ways that we will take satisfaction yeah. will be uh, a worship of God. Right, right. You if you put that back in the framework we were talking about earlier, which is you know humans are not the enemy, but we're um, in a in a fallen world and we're fighting against right. an enemy who is out to get us it's like this is the ultimate way that jesus oh, conquers sin and death is even already on earth we are partnering with god that's right in order to rightly fulfill our desires and we're learning to do that and doing that in deeper ways and we are working with god's spirit you know hopefully yeah. every day yeah you know in in learning to do this and in heaven this is like the final he is doing away with all of these ways humans have been victimized by the enemy yeah doing away with sin doing away with death yeah and the ways it sin and death have terrorized his good creation that's right and including us yeah yeah it's that's exactly right that's so good man and i i just i mean if by chance somebody's listening to this that is is uh doubtful of god or uh, they've grown weary and waiting for God to, mm-hmm. to complete his work. And we can all go through times like that. Um, I just want to remind you yet again, man, God did not create you with appetites. With God created appetites that he intended for you to feel as starvation for forever. In fact, that's what hell is. Right. Hell is, yeah. um, uh, hell is us refusing to consume yeah. what actually can satisfy yeah, us. Yeah, refusing to partner with God, refusing That's to it. trust him. It's yep. us choosing starvation. Yep. And so, uh, and heaven is us accepting the yeah. right satisfaction. Yep. yep, partnering with, trusting, being in a relationship right. with God. Which is why Lewis says the the door to hell is locked yeah. on the inside. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and, oh, sorry, last way I can think of that no that's go. really powerful. My dad used to talk about this a lot, is like, eternal life is not Mm. something given to us outside of God himself. So like, you know, we might give someone a gift. Yeah. Eternal life is the gift of participation in God's life. That's right. In who God is. Right. So that is really how we're saved is we are in relationship with eternal life himself. Yeah. And that is what hell is, is like we are not partnering with Life that is truly life. We are yeah. not partnering with the source of what is fulfillment yeah. and what is good. Yeah, and it's uh, which is a really important thing to state. Humans cannot make their satisfaction. Yeah, that's right. Um, we were made to need God. Yeah, and so it, I mean, think of it like a car, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a car is made to run on gasoline. That's right. If I put water in it, it won't work. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so in a sense, we were designed to run on the love of God. Yes. And yeah, he is both the gift and the giver. That's right. And, uh, and so the, there is no other way. Mm-hmm. There is no other way. And, uh, and of course the good news, the Angulion, the good, the cell, you know, the, yeah. the word, the king is yes. coming, right? Yes. Uh, that, that good news is literally that the gasoline to go with the metaphor has come to us. That's right. All you have to do is accepted. Yes, and we hear that good news every time we come to the table to celebrate communion. 100%. The body of Christ given for you is yeah. like the gift and the giver. He gave himself to you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Man, okay, so I love that. Just kind of summing these up. Uh, you implied desires are good. Aren't there bad desires? Yes and no. Uh, yes, there are uh, means of which people have tried to satisfy root desires in sinful mm-hmm. ways. Uh, Satan doesn't make new; he just perverts and distorts. Right. And um, and so and uh, 
yes, I do think that there are that all desires are rootly good. Yeah, if I got that right. Yes, yeah. there are bad desires. Yeah, and yes, there are yeah. desires are only yeah. good if you pull on the thread far enough. Yeah, you'll get back to the place where um, God it's a God created appetite. Yeah, and it can be satisfied in a yeah. right way. Yes. Um, and then the second thing I guess would just be what did you mean by heaven as a place where there is no starvation? I literally meant heaven is a place yeah. where there is no starvation. Mm-hmm. The chief in demand. Yeah. You know, as you talked yeah, about love earlier. God and joy him forever. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Anything else you want to add? Oh man. Last, last Enneagram seven optimist moment mm-hmm. is just the thought, just make it super personal that like God is excited to spend time with you. He's excited to um, know you. And like, I've heard somebody say, uh, God has a picture of you on his fridge. You yeah. know, he is yeah, yeah. pumped to be in relationship with us. So much so that he is willing to sacrifice and has sacrificed, you know, bankrupted heaven, as some people say, yeah. and is still willing to go the length to know us, which that alone is such a motivator for us to yeah. to receive him. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, man. I just, I don't know, my mind sits in the G.K. Chesterton quote, um, but I mean, this is so good. You're right. There's like all these ideas where Chesterton, you know, God does not grow old. Right. You know, right. he right. is, he is eternally younger than us. Yes. Yeah. And like a child gets excited to yeah. see a flower. So as yeah. Chesterton says, a flower blooms and God's yes. like, do it again, do it again, do it yeah. again. He doesn't grow weary like we yeah. do. Yeah. And so he does look at, um, you know, eternity is us, you know, consuming God's good world yeah. in a way that is right. Yes. And every time we're like, wow, that was good. God says, do it again yes do yeah again, he's not again. just waiting for you to mess up or that's right trying to catch you but oh. he is wanting to spend time with you because he, he loves us that's right man I, I love it you guys are wonderful thanks for listening in and again um i want to encourage you to uh to join a local church if you're not of our church and if you are of our church um make sure to pop in you know we want to we want to say hi shake yeah. hands and get to know you and hear your story um, and I'd also encourage you, if you're listening to this and it was meaningful to you, you know, um, or you think it'd be meaningful to somebody else, uh, you know, encourage it or share it. Yeah. Um, sure you know, rate us on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is. Uh, uh, rate us and then share it with a, with a friend. It would be wonderful. Uh, you guys are awesome. We love you a ton. Hope you have a great week. Until next time.